This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The AFC Championship game may have served up a fresh plate of schadenfreude for us Steelers fans, <laughs> but for the NFL fans watching Lions Niners, all <sighs> they got was disappointment. Unless you're a Niners fan. If you're Unless Bay, you're from... If you're in the Bay Area, yeah. you had a great, great Sunday. If not anywhere else in the country, you were miserable. Um, more so miserable in Detroit, but we all felt so bad for that city. Definitely. They couldn't just get blown out and like just make it easy. No, on them. Like, they come had to on. go up and do the blowing out and like be up by two, three scores at one point. I'll say this: like, don't get blown out, but like you would maybe take you know, a back and forth loss. Oh god, this had to be the worst case scenario. because uh, so, you're going no to the... worst case is that you do get blown out because I then it's just worse. like. You're pretenders. You're you're clearly not up to par. With- That's normal for us. And besides, we could put it yourself. Let me let me put you in line shoes, right? So you're you're getting blown out at halftime, right? It sucks, but you're the Lions. You're at the NFC Championship game. I can't believe we're even here. Now put yourself in twenty four to seven at halftime up in Detroit Lions. Oh my God, we're going to the Super Bowl. This is actually happening. We're going to the Super Bowl. Holy crap, Detroit in the Super Bowl. And then they score a touchdown. And you're like, okay, that's not great. And then you go for it and you miss it. And then they score another touchdown. And you're like, oh, okay, this is getting a little nerve-wracking. And then you're slowly realizing our Super Bowl dreams are being dashed. And then you fumble that football deep in Niners territory. Mm. And you're like, oh, my God, this has hit the fan. What's going on? Please hold them. Please hold them. Another touchdown. It's tied. And then you look up. And you're down by double digits at some point mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. See, to me, that's the worst way to get your heart ripped out here. You you were going to the Super Bowl at halftime. And just slowly and methodically through airs on your own. And the Niners, you know, kind of waking up on offense and taking advantage of your mistakes. You just slowly watched it slip through your fingers. That That had to really, really be painful for these Detroit fans. So I would rather get blown out as opposed to the the blowing of a decently sized lead. The big talking point is the aggressive nature of Dan Campbell. And I, yeah. I kind of hate this that it's so obvious. Like we just live in a hindsight society when it comes with these coaches and their decision making. So, sure, sometimes you get a guy like Brandon Staley whose decisions are just so, so out terrible. of whack that they deserve criticism. But like Dan Campbell's stuck with what he is to the very end. And I hear people mm-hmm. saying like, well, you got to know it's the conference champ. This isn't week five against the Panthers. This is the conference championship game. And it's like, okay, I, I do get what you're saying, but I also want a guy that's going to stick to his guns and, 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 you know, do the same thing he would do in that week five game as he would in a conference championship game. Uh, you know, if he believes in that is, if he believes that that's the best way for them to achieve the success that they want then all all the way buy into your belief. Don't just, you know, decide when you're going to choose to believe and when when not to. That being said, I would have kicked that field goal to make it a three-score game. I mean... Which time? Uh, the the, the second time? One, and then I would have kicked the second one, too. Yeah. I mean, I get it that you are playing the numbers, and I appreciate that you're playing the numbers in that you are a progressive head coach. Uh, your personality makes it seem like you'd be a caveman and that you would like, you punt the ball all the time. But you're not. You're a visionary when it comes to offense and aggressiveness. Right. But 
maybe when you're up by two scores in a in a conference championship game and a field goal makes it a three-score game, you got to go ahead and kick that field goal. And maybe when the Niners uh, – this is what Matt Williamson said yesterday that I thought was great. You know, the Niners offense and the Niners in general were, were applying a ton of pressure. There were a lot of fires that were popping up with the Lions. And Campbell had a chance to extinguish a couple of those fires by just kicking field goals and taking points. And instead – he poured gasoline on those fires, mm-hmm. and he gave the Niners even more momentum. Um, they did not play well in the second half. The Lions' offense was shut out until they were down by double digits and had to score that touchdown to make it 34-31. to They just kicked those field goals. I know it's only six points, but when you're up 24-7 to at half, those six points could be the world oh, yeah. difference. Oh, yeah. And I remember the broadcast kept saying that they said, Dan Campbell in our meetings, there's a race to 30. It's a race to 30. You got to get to 30 first. Okay, well, he those didn't. two field goals get you to 30. Yeah, right. He wasn't there. His uh, his mind was just on scoring that touchdown to get to 30 when two field goals would have done the job just as much. So I hate to pile on the, what an idiot, you got to kick the field goals, what's Dan Campbell doing, train? I think I give him credit, actually, for sticking to his guns. Yeah, right. It's not like the but Brandon maybe Staley. He'll learn, maybe he'll learn from this a little it's bit. It's not like the loyalty to analytics, analytics say to go here, whatever. Like, he was just playing football the way the Detroit— or he was coaching the way he was coaching all year long. Yeah, someone on X actually put it like, Dan Campbell doesn't go for it on fourth down all the time because analytics tell him to go for it on fourth down. He goes for it on fourth down all the time because bleep you, I'm going for it. You can't stop me. Like, like it's uh, not—people like to think that he's like some whiz that's just like punching numbers and being like, the percentage says to go for it. No, that's not him Most of the motivation is, I can get a yard— and I'm gonna put the pressure on this opposing team by converting on this fourth. Like, oh, you think you got a big stop on third down? You're off the field. Wham! Jameer Gibbs for two more yards. Keep that defense on the field. Like, it's more motivated in kicking your ass as opposed to oh, you yeah. know the numbers tell me to go here. Obviously, the numbers help back him up, but I, I firmly buy into that notion that it's not purely based on just yeah the book tells me to go on this. It's also based on you can't stop me. I'm gonna no, stay on Dan the field. Campbell tells himself to go for it. Nobody tells Dan Campbell what to do. And I think that's exactly what happened in this one, too. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't solely based on, well, the Blackjack book is telling me to hit here, so I'm going to go. No. He wanted to go for the jugular. What did he say in his press conference when he got introduced? They were biting kneecaps. He was going for mm-hmm. a kneecap bite there on the mm-hmm. Niners on each one of those fourth downs. And unfortunately, he didn't get either of them. And... That's going to leave you open to criticism, but I I think Dan Campbell is a, is a great head coach, and I appreciate him sticking to his guns, even if it ended up being maybe part of his downfall. But one thing that I think is getting lost in the shuffle of the criticism of Dan Campbell is eh, maybe catch the football, and eh, maybe don't fumble the football. Right, don't fumble I the mean, football. There was a yeah. lot of bad plays made mm-hmm. by the the Lions receivers and by Jameer Gibbs fumbling that like. Those were the bigger things that factored into them allowing the Niners to come back. I mean, Jared Goff has Jameson William on a crossing route. Mm-hmm. They need a first down badly. He hits it right in between the numbers, just mm. poop dropped. Like, there was a lot of mistakes by the players on the field that led to that comeback, not just Dan Campbell's blunders with being too aggressive. Definitely. it's. I think the Lions have a lot of upside, but they have a lot of learning to do. They have a lot of they have a lot of look a lot to look forward to next year, but if they really want to get back, it's it is impossible, nearly impossible to recreate 
a season like this. And forget all the history. Like, ask any team that gets to the AFC Championship game or NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl and say, how easy was it for you to to try to do it again the next year? And they all say it was even harder the second year around. Once we got there, it was even harder to get back. So they there, there's a lot to be learned from from this game for the Lions. And Dan Campbell with his decision-making, uh, the players, like you mentioned, Jameson Williams dropping that ball, Jameer Gibbs, but like fumbling that ball. And I don't want to be too critical because Jameer Gibbs and Jameson Williams were scoring touchdowns in the first half. Like I, it's not like they had a, it's not like they had a Kadarius Tony like game for sixty minutes. Jameer Gibbs is a huge comp- contributor to that offense. Jameson Williams not nearly as so, but still he had that ridiculous catch and run to open up the game. Like you're not in that position without Jameson Williams and without Jameer Gibbs. You know, that notion of, you know, well, we had a great year and we'll, we'll get them next year. Or we'll be back again, which is what you hear from young teams like Detroit all the time. You know, we'll be back. Like, this is just the beginning. The Bills have been saying that for four years. Right. After I just said it's it's harder every time you try to get back. Like, the Niners are there all the time. The Chiefs are there all the time lately. Like, they're always going to the conference championship games. But it's usually a different opponent that they meet every year. You know, the Bills haven't been back since that one time. Burrow's been there twice, but Burrow, like we established in the other episode, might be the kryptonite in Mahomes' world. But, you know, then it's the Ravens this year, mm-hmm. and then look at the Niners. You know, it's the Packers one time, it's the Rams popping up another time in the NFC Championship game. You know, it, it is never a gimme. You know, it, it seems to be such an easy thing to console yourself with is that we'll get them next time, but, like, just because you go 11 and 6 again next year, you got to win two playoff games to get to this point again to even have the chance to win this game that you lost last year. You know, not to say that the Lions are going to go in the tank now, but they could be a very good football team for 3-4 years and still never get to this NFC Championship game again. That's what I say. It's just it's a young team. Campbell's an emotional coach. And they just might lose to the Niners in the divisional round next year. Right. It depends lose on to the it, Packers in the wild card. Like you just I mean, look at look at their division. You're you're talking about the, the teams and the the best teams in the conference. The Packers might just take over that division. The Packers are gonna be tough. Um, you know the Vikings give the Vikings two years, they'll be back. They do that thing where they like they win yeah. the division, then they go down for like three, four years, and, and they, they win come the back. division, then they go down so the Vikings will be whatever. And then, you know, the Bears are the Bears still. But all it takes is them actually hitting on the quarterback, right. and it might happen. This it year. either it's gonna it, it should happen either this year with them sticking with Justin Fields or getting a quarterback via the draft class. So you know the Detroit notion that you know this is just the beginning for the Lions. I hope that's the case. I hope they are back. It's not a guarantee whatsoever. No, not at all. Now, with the San Francisco 49ers, they are a team that is kind of the exception to that because they seem to be in the NFC Championship game almost every year. Kyle Shanahan getting to his second Super Bowl as the head coach of the 49ers. Last time he did it, it was with Jimmy G as the quarterback. This time he did it with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. And I see, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, this is it. This is Brock Purdy, Jimmy G. Brock Purdy's definitely way better than Jimmy G. No questions asked. Is he? Jimmy G got them just as far as this. Mm-hmm. I think it's if Purdy can take that next step, 
then he legitimately said it's just such an interesting story though because they both got there to the Super Bowl and I think they're both playing Mahomes and Purdy's struggles through this postseason I think have really kind of shined steam on the talk of being like is he as good as people think he is like he's not been that accurate and then he did to his credit did help orchestrate a, a second half comeback against the Lions to his credit for sure but what was the main weapon that he used in that comeback? Yeah, it's not all him. It's his legs. Yeah, he was running the ball a lot to make first downs. Right. To that one run he had. It's down not the his passing line. ability that really shines through. It what it hasn't been in the playoffs. No, I mean we talk about his. We talked about his throughout the season, like his average yards, uh, air yards on its passes. You know, he's got like an incredible passing completion percentage and, and, and incredible passer rating, but his average yards per throw. Via the air or like bought a bottom of the league. He just dumps it off to Ayuk or McCaffrey or or Debo and they just run with it. Now who am I to pour water on a great Cinderella story or not root for the Cinderella story? But like when you see Chiefs and Niners, like these are two heavyweights, Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones. And then you look at Debo and McCaffrey and Trent Williams and Warner and Bosa, Purdy just doesn't fit. He just he's just not mm-hmm. at that level as the rest of those guys are. Now maybe you know he is a, a Kurt Warner type, a Tom Brady type, where he is that good, and he just simply was overlooked by all of these people. Um, we're gonna find that out on Sunday in a couple of weeks. But to me, my early feeling about this game is I can't pick a Brock Purdy-led team to beat a Patrick Mahomes-led team. Like, that's where my yeah, early definitely. analysis is leading. I mean, that's where we felt. That's how everyone felt going into, what was that, Super Bowl? We're at 48 now, or 58. So I disagree with that because that was Mahomes' first crack at it. Yeah, but Mahomes won the MVP that year. Yes, he was great, but I, I don't think anybody was saying, like, the Niners just can't beat the Chiefs. No, but it was Jimmy G versus Mahomes, right. and you think... And you were thinking, oh, they have the edge there by miles and miles. I think the Niners had the edge elsewhere for in a lot of people's minds, though. I would say defensively, and because they were up by ten, Ayuk wasn't there, or maybe Ayuk was, was a there. rookie. They were there. McCaffrey wasn't there. McCaffrey was not there. But I just get the sense that the Niners with Jimmy G had a better chance that year because the Chiefs were doing it for the first time. Now they're the finely tuned machine. Mahomes has been there, done that twice, been there three times, done it twice. Ayuk was not there, by the way. It's I'm closing I'm closing my eyes right now, and it is so hard to see Brock Purdy on that podium holding up that Lombardi trophy. Yeah, going, I mean going especially when he has to go through that guy. Yeah. So like Mahomes yeah. is legacy hunting now. Is he gonna right. let Brock Purdy get in the way of his third? Well, Eli Manning and Nick Foles got in the way of Tom Brady getting a couple more. So you never know where it's going to come. But that was later on. I don't know. Maybe being too hard to Purdy. Maybe falling back into the trap that I did earlier this this season when, you know, before the Steelers game happened, I'm like, I don't think Purdy's that good. And then he torched the Steelers. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's obviously pretty good. But, again, if you're picking a weak link, like the weakest link for both of these teams, Mm -hmm. I don't know how it's not Brock Purdy. And I'm talking about put all of the factors for the Chiefs and the the, the Niners Offense, into a defense, bag, yeah. mix them together. Number one on that list being Brock Purdy, I wouldn't push you back on that. Weakness, maybe. Question mark for sure. 
Like, weakness is tough because he can win you games, but sometimes he loses you games, too. What is the case going to be on Super Bowl Sunday? Um, I mean, I guess you can kind of surmise what I'm feeling early on in this game, but I, I just think it's the hard Chiefs to are, feel Chiefs are I, just inevitable right now at this point. Right. And, and even if you give me that the Niners are probably a better roster top to bottom, I, it just doesn't matter because I think the Ravens were a better roster top to bottom. I think the Bills were a better roster top to bottom. There's an argument that the Dolphins might be a better roster from top to bottom, and it just didn't matter. Right. Tom, we could see the exact same Super Bowl as we saw four years ago. Niners go up early. And Niners just... go up early. Mahomes isn't doing crazy Mahomesy things. And then at the fourth quarter, he scores ten unanswered points or fourteen unanswered points, and that's all that. That's all she wrote. The last time we saw Mahomes get beat in a Super Bowl, the only time he got beat bad, Brady, but more importantly, the Bucks defense. Mm-hmm. I don't see the Niners having that much success pass rush wise, mainly because the Chiefs did an incredible rebuild on the fly of that offensive line after that Super Bowl. So, I mean, the formula was there for the Bucs to get a ton of pressure on Mahomes, don't allow him to get the ball out to the playmakers. But, I mean, their line is better than it was those two, the, two years ago in that Super Bowl. And the Chiefs are a great defense, but do they really put you in the mindset of a, of a great pass rushing defense? Like, Chris Jones can get you from up in the middle, but. Mm-hmm. There's no like edge rusher that you right. really fear there in, in, in Kansas City. So or excuse me, in um San Francisco. I'm an idiot. I, I got both the teams mixed up. San Francisco <laughs> does have a good pass yes. rush and they do have Nick Bosa. But the improvement of the offensive line from the Chiefs is where I was going with that. I don't see this being a Tampa Bay type game where they can they can just win the game for the, the Niners. Because make no mistake about it. Yeah, Brady made plays, Brown. Gronk caught two tutties, but the the Buccaneers' defensive front is the reason why they beat the Chiefs in that Super Bowl. Without, I mean, Mahomes, we saw pictures of Mahomes throwing balls when he was parallel to the ground he, he no that time. somehow still got to players' hands and it fell to the ground. I mean, that that might have been his best performance, and it was a Super Bowl loss. What's your like vibe on this Super Bowl, Chiefs Niners? Because I'm, I'm thinking it could be exactly like we saw four years ago. So, well, what I'm saying more is, I feel like a lot of people are disappointed because it's like you have uh, the Lions on the doorstep, the Ravens, the Ravens were there. fun. Even the Bills are. Josh mm. Allen would be fun if they ran the table. If they were six and six and then went on a run to win the Super Bowl, not losing the game from that point, you know. I think there was a lot of other storylines that people wanted, and instead we get Chiefs Niners, which just, you know, the Niners have been the clear dominant NFC team for most of the season, and then the Chiefs are just Chiefs are just the inevitable force that's always there at the end. Like, I get a sense of boredom when it comes to the matchup uh, for the Super Bowl. Am I far off on that? Especially because we've seen this matchup before. Right, but it only tw- this is only the second time, which would make you be like, Oh, oh, it's kind of cool. Rematch, like, but I think it, it's more so Mahomes being there than it is the Niners being there. But I think the Niners being such a traditionally successful team just makes people yeah, like, for right? sure. Like a, this is now their they've won five, they've lost two, so this is their eighth Super Bowl. They appearance. have more playoff wins than any franchise in the NFL too. They just passed the Patriots and the Steelers this year for most wins total in in playoffs in franchise history. So. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a party, and 
Ayuk wasn't there, like you said, McCaffrey wasn't there. Shanahan's going for his first Super Bowl. So, like, this iteration of the Niners is new as far as winning rings is concerned. But they've been sniffing around for the past five years, and it's the Niners. So I feel like people are just kind of like, yeah, San Francisco, of course, they're they're always pretty good. I just get this weird sense of boredom, which leads me to say, I think we're going to get an all-time classic. Like, I think we're going to get Ooh. a freaking Where would you rank awesome last game. year's Super Bowl in terms of all-time classics? Because it was pretty good. Meh, it's not even in the top ten. It's pretty good. Not even in the top ten. I mean, not even close. <laughs> One of the highest scoring Super Bowls okay. in in the game's history. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't amazing. I think we're gonna get it. We're gonna get like Patriots Eagles type of game here. We might get overtime. That's that's the kind of like feeling that I have towards this is that everybody's kind of doing the oh it's Chiefs again and they're playing the Niners. It's so boring. Like, am I even gonna watch? And it's gonna be one of the best games we've had in a long time with the Super Bowl. Just a gut, just a gut feeling here. Who's your? Let's do a gut feeling prediction to wrap up the show. January thirtieth, two weeks away from the Super Bowl, who wins? I'm going Niners <laughs> right now. Why? I think overall, you know, it's funny because we just laid this out. You said questionably the the Dolphins could have. A better roster top to bottom. The Bills have the better roster top to bottom. The Ravens have the better roster top to bottom. I was just about to leave with, I think the Niners have the better roster top to bottom. That's what I mean. <laughs> I do too. I know the Niners have a better roster That was legit. To Tom, I stopped myself because that was going to be the first argument I made. I know they are better than the Chiefs. But I, I'm right now my gut says, Chiefs, how am I going to pick against Patrick? Maybe Thomas? because... This is the only team the Niners are that the Chiefs have faced that are consistently at the top, right? The Bills can't even get to the AFC Championship game. Neither could the Ravens for so long. The Dolphins are always going to be a one-and-done team until something drastically changes Did there. Did they just beat three quarterbacks that are better than Purdy, though? Yes, but they haven't beaten teams that are, are I don't better think. than the Niners. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, we were all consensus heading into the playoffs. The Niners are the second best team in the field behind Baltimore. When the playoffs started, right. that's how we felt. And we put both their we put in our rankings. Didn't we? Do you have the notes? Didn't we put the Niners D and offense ahead of anything the Chiefs had? No, the Chiefs D was in front of the Niners D. Yeah, that's. But I I pushed back. But on the you Niners on that D one. was ahead of the Chiefs O. Yes. And then the Niners offense was the best unit around. Yes. So. But I push back on you on that Chiefs D over Niners D. I, I don't know. I think all the analysis is going to tell you that the not like when we break down this game, especially heavily next week on our shows, all of the analysis is going to lead towards the Niners, except for the yeah but clause. And the yeah mm. but clause is Patrick Mahomes. It's not even a clause. It's just two two names. Like you do all this like research, it looks like a college thesis, and then at the end there's a little asterisk, and you're like, "What's the asterisk mean?" You go back to the index and be like, "All of this is null and void if Patrick Mahomes is playing in the game." That's where we're at right now in the NFL. He's the great eraser. He's the great equalizer. I think that's a great, you know, he, he not to pat myself on the he back. He brings teams' rosters up to the level of anybody they play because he's so good. I think it's worth considering his best performance was in a loss against Tampa Bay. The things he did to try to will his team to winning that Super Bowl obviously were not enough because they lost, but it will never be forgotten those images of him 
exerting his body to get the ball down the field and then the ball falling on the ground despite being put on the numbers or right on the receiver's hands. See, I think his most impressive run might have been last year's because he hurt his ankle bad in that Jacksonville game. Yes. And he just played through it but, for the rest of the season. But that Jacksonville team compared to that Tampa team. But I'm just saying, Mahomes' ability to play through that injury, not just against Jacksonville, but in Cincinnati and mm-hmm. then against Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. I mean, he wasn't 100%, and he still won the Super Bowl last year. He's healthy as an ox this year. <laughs> See, I think maybe not the Jacksonville game, but the Super Bowl. And because the he was game. still hurt. The Bengals game was Yeah, but after. he went off. I mean, what was the final score of that Bengals game? Like 20 to 17, maybe? Either way, 27, 24. That, on that was one ankle. Yeah, you're right. But that, I still, I still so think impressive. it's worth that Super Bowl performance was. We we had two of the best Super Bowl performances by a quarterback ever last year. Two, both of those guys, Jalen Hurts and Pat Mahomes, played otherworldly last year in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Mahomes hasn't played bad in the Super Bowl. He I don't think I've ever great. seen Mahomes play bad. He just has bad. That's a good point. Teammates sometimes. Has he ever played bad? Like, has he ever thrown three picks in? No like, are we looking for like, like a, like the only thing I can think of where that. I was like, Mahomes didn't really look Mahomes was the Cleveland game. Between today and tomorrow, before we do more episodes, just just you know when you're casually hanging out, look up and off the top the of my head, log. Tom. I'm giving you the one I that know comes off to mind. Head, but look at Cleveland. the game log and give me concrete evidence. Did he ever have a bad game? That's your homework assignment. Okay, cool. For tomorrow, we'll be back again tomorrow, talking more Steelers, talking more Super Bowl. And a power ranking that is yet to be determined by me. So I will go home and cook one up right now. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman. This has been the Steelers Standard.